0: Oh, my brother and sister, there is grace for you. There is supply for you. And here is the Apostle Paul, and he's on his knees, and he's pleading with God that he will pour out his Spirit upon these people and make them to comprehend what is the height, the depth, the breadth of the love of God to their souls. There is an amazing supply, an abundant supply. And this is the work of the Spirit in the believer's heart. Are you seeking that today? This is why Christians must pray. This is why we need our devotional time and get alone with God and seek the fullness that is ours in Christ. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher minister of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. We're located two blocks north of number 10 highway on the corner of 188th Street and Fifty Eight Avenue. We are a gospel church, a Bible preaching church, where we w- delight in the fellowship and worship of the saints, where we w- well, we don't worship the saints, but we worship with the saints. We worship the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We rejoice in the hymns of the faith. We delight in prayer. We open the scriptures, read, and expound that word. And I trust that as you hear the message today, that God will have a word for your own soul. We're coming to John chapter 15 and verse 1, where Jesus said, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And I trust that today there will be fruit in your life as you listen in and hear the message of God's Word as we let the Bible speak. If you look at the branch in a vine, uh, everyone is clinging and cleaving, and everyone is doing its part in bearing fruit on that vine. There will also be joy in godly things. If you look at verse 11, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy my joy might remain in you. These things have I spoken unto you. The things about his word, the things about his commandments, abiding, uh, trusting, laying hold on him, they all lead to joy. They all lead to a sense of privilege, This is my blessed state and condition, and it ministers to a happy heart, and it gives us contentment of soul. That's the people we will be if we are joined to the true vine. That's our experience, and that is our walk with the Lord. And I think that because the Lord Jesus mentioned it so much here in this chapter, it really comes to a life of prayerfulness. Verse 7 If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will." You will have to say that a a branch in the true vine will know a ministry of prayer and will have a ministry of prayer. There will be freedom to ask. There will be yielding, submitting, depending, and that leads to prayer. Prayer is the expression of the dependent spirit and the submissive attitude by bowing the knee and calling on the Lord for his grace and supply, is saying, Lord, I, I am nothing. I, have, I can't do this. I'm weak, and I'll shrivel up. I need to draw my strength, my daily supply from the heart of the Lord. And that will be your prayer ministry, your own devotional life. And it will grow, and not only in personal bearing Uh, walking with the Lord, but service. You will realize if you're going to serve God, you need to depend on the Lord. Verse 5 is probably the the, the key verse. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And the verse 4 before it, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye. Now, have we learned that? I fear that Too many of professing Christians have never learned the extent of their total dependence on the Lord. How would you measure that? How would you quantify the degree of dependence that a Christian has on the Lord? Well, it means just jumping into things without prayer. It means making decisions without prayer. Or the one who has learned the lesson. And maybe by experience and failure and folly, has come to realize, if I do this myself, it'll fail. It'll, I've, I've tried so often, it'll come to nothing. I need to lean on the Lord. And so what do we do? We ask. We pray. We take it to the Lord in prayer. And this now becomes our prayer life, this attitude of dependence, this sense I'm a failure. I I will never accomplish anything in my own strength because the Lord said it. Without me, ye can do nothing. And so I go to pray. And I call on the Lord that his favor and blessing will be upon my service, my deeds, my walk. And that drives us to our knees. And you will become a man or woman of prayer. And I'm afraid many of us, because we learn the hard way through failure. We learn the barrenness, the emptiness of the vine, and then we have to plead with the Lord for a fresh supply. Are you doing that? Are you growing in that understanding? And are you putting that into practice? It will mean a personal prayer life for you. It will mean that there is a a growing emphasis on prayer in your life. Uh, And I emphasize growing. Things don't happen overnight. You'll learn to pray little by little just as little children learn to walk and talk. We learn to pray and ask. And as we're growing in Christ, we become more and more like a branch in the vine. We have a prayer life. So how would you, how would you determine if a church has that sense of dependence? Well, I would like to visit the prayer meeting, and I would like to hear God's people pray. If there's no prayer meeting. Well, how could we say that's a church that has learned the lesson of dependence, calling on the Lord? If they just run into ministry without prayer, how can God bless it? They're not like a branch leaning on the vine. We move now to verse 4. We need the power of the true vine dwelling in us. Jesus said it, Abide in me, and I in you. Now, here is A twofold communion, abiding in me and I in you. And our responsibility is to abide in the Lord Jesus. That's our part. That's what we must do. That's how we must take it to the Lord. The other part is his promise, he will then come and dwell in us. And that's so beautifully illustrated in the union between the branch and the vine. The branch must grow out of the vine, and then the vine, in turn, supplies the life and all the needs of that little branch. And that this is the power of faith in the Lord Jesus. This is a great picture of the Christian's devotional life—living in communion, clinging, depending on the Lord Jesus. It's a life of faith. It's a life of trusting. And we have to put it in this language because the analogy needs help here. How do I get to the place where I am like a branch, Actually, joined to the vine, and the sap that is in that vine, the the nutrition, that the the the, the uh, supply for my life comes out of the vine into me. How does it happen? Well, it happens by faith. It's the exercise of faith. Now, in the scheme of how the Lord ministered to his disciples, the thing we notice is that the Lord said these things after Judas went out. If you go back in chapter 13, verse 30, uh, you will learn here that he, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. And as soon as Judas went out, the traitor, the betrayer, it's like the Lord now switched on his ministry of teaching the believing disciples. Verse 31, therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Chapter 14.1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Here now is faith demanded. Then verse 16 of chapter 14, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You see how Judas went out first? He could not receive the Holy Spirit. He was that betrayer. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. See the keeping power of the Lord? See how he will have that constant ministry of grace? And those that are believing, looking to the Lord, he continues to minister to the heart, And here is the answer for the struggles of the Christian life. How shall I face the future? How shall I walk on? How shall I do God's will? The Lord ministers. His life is poured into your heart and into your life, and it's the power of abiding. Our task is to abide. If we do that, the Lord will do the rest. If we abide in him, He will minister to us. And he will bring out of our lives that godly fruit. Now, as I mentioned, fruit comes in in so many uh, forms. There's the red, the green. There's the white, or near white. And there's the bitter, the sour. And the Lord, he takes care of bringing forth godly fruit in our lives. He takes care of that. What are we to take care of? Abiding. We're just to abide. That's what we've got to do, abide in the Lord. Keep trusting, keep praying, keep feeding on His Word, keep in a life an attitude of dependence, and we enjoy the ministry of the Spirit, and the Spirit flows in us to bring forth that new life. And that will be our delight. That will be our delight. Now, the third and final thing I want to mention here today is the mandate of the true vine, honoring the Father, honoring the Father. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. It's not about us. Indeed, the Lord Jesus was also the servant. He was the servant to the Father, And he came into this world to give his life as the vine, to bring much fruit to the glory of the Father. You'll see that in verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And so uh, this is not just a, a relationship with the Lord Jesus, it is about glorifying the Father. And these disciples were to produce fruit. So we're not only called to be faithful, but to be fruitful. And fruit is the mark of our Christian usefulness. Now, to produce fruit, how do you do it? How does a branch do it? What does a branch need to do to bring forth fruit? Abide in the vine. Stay joined to the vine. And let the life of the vine flow into its life, and it will grow and bring forth much fruit. Now, the Lord said that he takes away the dead wood. The dead wood has to go. And we know that in any vine, once that dies out, then it has to be cut off, has to go, because it will never bear fruit. It's useless, and it has to go. And it's good for nothing but to be burned. The wood of a vine, you couldn't build anything with it. It's brittle. It's just for burning. And if you are not bearing fruit, what, what, what is your Christian profession about? If it's not bearing fruit, good for nothing. It has no usefulness. And here now becomes the purpose of the Christian life. And that's why we call the church to prayer, dependence trusting, and becoming more and more men and women as branches joined to the vine, united to Him. Sunday school teachers need to be joined to the vine. They need to be drawing their life from the Lord and bearing fruit through Him. The preacher in the pulpit needs to be abiding in the Lord. There can be no fruit in the ministry from the pulpit If we're not abiding in the Lord congregation do you pray are you abiding in the Lord if your Sunday morning attendance is the only devotional time you have the only thought for God you have the only time when you sing his praises or read his word then you could say well I spend an hour or an hour and a quarter abiding in the Lord and there's about 167 other hours in the week. And what are you doing? The Lord says that we're to abide. Abide means remain. Stay joined to. Stay in fellowship with the Lord Jesus. And there's no telling the fruitfulness that will develop in your life. It will change you, and it will change the outcome and the usefulness of your own life. Hudson Taylor the missionary to China, wrote a little book on John 15. It's not great theology, but it's tremendous devotionally. And when the Lord took him to China, the Lord broke him, because he never felt so useless in all his time. He didn't know how he was ever going to accomplish anything in his missionary work to the Chinese people. Uh, They were unreceptive. His ministry had no fruit. And then... He had this experience. I don't shy away from using the word experience. There are true experiences Christians have. And it was through John 15 and this analogy of the vine that Hudson Taylor learned the secret of ministry. And you know his life, how he accomplished much and saw many converted to Christ. But the Lord had to bring him to the point where he felt his need and his total, utter dependence upon the Lord. And he put himself in that posture as a branch in the vine, a Christian depending on the Lord Jesus. And God came in and blessed him. I'm not preaching just at you today, but I'm preaching to myself that if we are to be fruitful in this, yes, barren time in the land, we need to abide in the Lord. Don't abandon prayer, but let's stay more in prayer. Let's discipline our lives uh, that we balance things to the point where we don't launch out without prayer. We don't step forward without calling on the Lord for his blessing and his help. That we learn that we, without him, we can do nothing. Now my last thought, I want to bring it all together in this one point. and I would say if there's one lesson out of all of the details of this passage, and this passage is like a vine itself. It's got things going in all directions, and you have to untangle it. If there's one thing that the Lord is saying to you and to me today in John 15, it is this eam to abide in the Lord. We can't produce fruit we can't do spiritual miracles, but we can abide in the Lord Jesus. We can. We can. It's the work of grace. We've got new hearts. We've got the Holy Spirit living in us. We've got minds that have the Word of God, and we can abide in the Lord Jesus. And as we do that, he abides in us And he brings forth the fruit in our lives. That's the message. That's the word that I want you to take home. And if you're sitting around the lunch table and someone asks you, what was the sermon this morning? Don't do what I did earlier. Don't do what I did with a moment. But remember this, aim to abide. Aim to abide. Now, I don't always get it perfectly, but aim to abide. And as you abide more and more in the Lord— You will know his power, and there will be fruit, real, godly, spiritual fruit. And before I close, I'm going to emphasize one thing again. It's not principles. It's not rules. It's not do's and don'ts. It's just abide in Christ. That's Christian living. That's victory. That's spiritual. That is the testimony as we see it here. He that abideth in me. That's the blessing. May the Lord give us grace to do that. And as a church, may as a people, may every one of us grow in the Lord.
1: When I think of my Savior's great love In coming from heaven above on the tree for a sinner like me I am sure that he loves even me I am sure that he loves sweet makes my joy so complete when I think how he loves even me when I think how he saves me from sin So often ungrateful I've been, my vow I renew to be faithful and true, for I'm sure that he loves even me, I'm sure that he loves even me. my joy so come to when I think how he loves even. Me.
0: Thank you for joining with us, and I trust you have been greatly blessed in heart listening to the message on Jesus the true vine the vine that gives life to every branch, and of course, Jesus gives us the life of God in our souls. This is the gospel, the good news, that by one person, many live. By the death, the suffering, the perfect living of one, many are redeemed and brought home to glory. Jesus is our representative man. He is our second Adam. And everything that we lost in the first Adam, we gain and more through faith in Christ. With Christ, there is no loss of salvation. There is no hell possible for the one who is redeemed in the blood. Whereas for Adam and his offspring, well, we know that he could lose the blessing. Praise God, you as a believer in Christ cannot lose the blessing. Just want to give you a few words here from Mr. Spurgeon on the gospel. He says, I do not believe there is a single honest man living who, having once heard the gospel simply preached, does not in his conscience believe it to be true. I am persuaded that light will penetrate. There is such force, such energy in Christ, it must and will pierce through some crevice and convince, at least, a natural conscience. But this is the very reason why men oppose it. They do not want it to be true. Well, I hope that's not you today. I hope that you're not fighting the gospel and saying it's not true. Well, all the while you have learned the story of the cross, have been impressed by it, and you are in many ways running from it. Oh, run no more. Run to the cross. Don't run away from it. Never lose heart in the power of the gospel do not believe that there exists any man, much less any race of men, for whom the gospel is not fitted. Well, every missionary has discovered that, and no matter what continent they arrived on or what lonely island in the far corners of the earth, they discovered a people who would respond to the gospel— Of course, there's all the challenges of language and culture and food and and all manner of things. But yet, what an amazing power the gospel has had upon the nations of the world that multitudes have bowed the knee to Jesus. But have you bowed the knee? Have you given your heart to Jesus? Or are you fighting and resisting him? The hearing of the gospel involves the hearer in responsibility. It is a great privilege to hear the gospel. You may smile and think that there is nothing very great in it. The damned in hell know. Oh, what would they give if they could hear the gospel now? If they could come back and entertain but the shadow of a hope that they might yet escape from the wrath to come. The saved in heaven estimate this privilege at a high rate, for having obtained salvation through the preaching of this gospel, they can never cease to bless their God for calling them by his word of truth. Oh, that you knew it, on your dying beds, the listening to a gospel sermon will seem another thing than it seems now. Oh, rejoice today in the gospel. May the Lord lead you to simple personal faith and rejoicing in the Lord Jesus as your own, very own Lord and Savior. Stay tuned now as we come to these closing announcements.